Demons Discuss, take 88, the one with the paterfamilias. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. And, you know, what are we talking about today, Jean? Sorry to do that to you. <laughs> it's only fair. It was her turn. <laughs> I know. We're talking about chapter 19, the chapter okay. that the three of us neglected to read this morning because for a timestamp, today is 9-11, so we've all had other things on our mind. But as near as I can remember it, we've got Jack drawing on the walls, pouring his heart out, lots of cello music, and some parental bickering. Mm, yeah. I think that's right. All in New Haven. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think that's right. Was he writing on the walls this chapter? We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. I thought he was drawing. Was he drawing? Uh, yes, he, had, yes, he was. This okay. is, yes, this is drawing chapter, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Only because I accidentally saw the last... Uh, lines of this chapter accidentally okay. <laughs> so audience holding out on us this is gonna be fun <laughs> okay this podcast is sponsored by our patrons we use patreon to fund our endeavors you realize this messy podcast costs money though right oh my god um surprisingly it does Beyond our old garage band sound effects, which is how the sound effects came to be, in a couple episodes we explained that, the other ones cost money. So does media hosting, so does cloud storage, equipment, software, and apps. Also, added bonus, it keeps us ad-free, so you listen to our messiness ad-free. <laughs> Lucky creature. Angela, <laughs> what should other listeners become patrons? Well, if you are a glutton for punishment, you could give us $2 a month and get a full 50 minutes to maybe an hour or more of, of extended messiness. Sometimes we talk about all souls, but usually not. Usually we talk about anything and everything. Um, nonsense. Nonsense, yeah. So nonsense. If you think that's even remotely interesting, you can toss in $2 a month and start with that. Every... every uh, $2 and up will get that after show. You could also get swag. Oh, can There's, I add one thing about yes, the $2 please. a month? Yes. It also gets you twice a month encounter with the magical eight ball. Oh, yes. Yeah. True. I mean, th th that's the only place you can experience us with Angela and her magic eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, or the bubby ball, too. Yes. Now. Well, the bubby okay. ball is only like. You know, I don't want to step on Angela's domain. Oh, Bubby no. balls okay. for special special occasions. Okay. okay. <laughs> when we are in need of it, thanks to that damn tie-dye one. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but that's a good segue, actually, because every patron is entered into a quarterly drawing. And I believe we've been giving away the divination package. Yes. yes which includes yes, your very own eight one ball. Yes. yes. We have to give one of those away today, too. We do. Oh, my God. Thanks for reminding me, Jean, because we would have totally passed through September and not done that. <laughs> See, more messy. This is our messy. We're very messy. Especially lately. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in joining, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And okay, so no discuss for emails. We did say messy, though, right? <laughs> yes. That didn't happen. But if you guys have comments on this chapter, feel free to email us and send your opinions or thoughts or whatever 
at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. And uh, we will put it away for the next time we have an episode for sure. Yeah. And what else? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do it next time we record one. I, I think I was patting myself so hard on the back that we did one last time where I was just like, yeah, we're good. And then I was like, oh, shit, we're recording today. I didn't send out a discussory email. It's fine. It's <laughs> it happens, fine. happens to the best of us. Fine. Oh, shit, we're recording today. I didn't read the chapter. <laughs> Something in the air. I don't know. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start off. This chapter discussion is brought to you and us by Sarah Dye. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. We're going to start the engine. And when we left off in chapter 18, Matthew was asking Father Hubbard if it was okay to let Jack sleep upstairs after his episode. And Hubbard tells Matthew, dude, you know, take it easy. <laughs> you don't need my permission. You're his father. So get the fuck out of here with that shit, right? He didn't say it that way, but you understand. Anyway, we open up chapter 19 and well, there's some discussion to be had. Like, what the fuck? Why is Jack a vampire? How did we even get here? And we're about to find out why, because I got to open up the chapter and we're going to read it. Any thoughts about this chapter? Not yet. <laughs> we don't have any thoughts yet. Okay. It's, oh, my thought is going is it's going to be an adventure. It's definitely an adventure. Listener. I will say this. I can remember on first read that my the tide was turning of my opinion of Father Hubbard. Oh, right. Ah, Gene, yes. I want to hear your opinion on Father Hubbard, because we left that hanging. Yeah. Hmm. I like Angela. I think chapter 19 is my turning point here. And what did it for you? Well, I just put my feet up. That speech, what, how what, he threw it back to, yeah. to Matthew. Like, who was there to pick up the pieces after you left? Yeah. That's right. Because Diana and Matthew are messy, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. He confronted them with their messy. Mm, terrible. I, I want to say he did it in a very matter-of-fact, non-judgmental way. He's just like, dude, this is how it was. Yeah. And I could only go by, I wasn't suspicious anymore. I didn't think of alternate mm -hmm. scenarios of what he could have done, might do. I could only judge yeah. him on his actions. And that was what changed it for me. Oh, that's weird that you judged him on his actions like that. <laughs> well, and, and as, as we find out in this chapter, everything, you know, how long he managed to keep Benjamin away from him and the fact that he actually ended up grudgingly working with Philippe to... Yeah. And Philippe knew about them. Yes. Knew about them the whole time. And Philippe was kind of watching over them. And, I'm like, and of course, Matthew got a little bit pissy about that. But that, that'd be Matthew. It's kind of priceless, though, that Father Hubbard ended up related to Philippe. <laughs> because even he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> All because of Matthew. Yes. So much for the so much for the chosen family for vampire, <laughs> yeah. right? See, Matthew, this is why Philippe sends you away on boats. So you know, if you ever wondered, you do shit yeah. like this anyway. Well, and the other thing is too is is like now you now you know how he felt. And now I'm I'm guessing you're feeling like you want to send some people away on boats yourself, right? About oh, yeah. now. <laughs> Shoes on the other foot now, isn't it? Yeah. How's that feel? Hmm. All right, so here we go. Wish me luck, guys. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Godspeed. Thanks. Matthew carried Jack up to the third floor, cradling his body as if he were a baby. Lobera and Cora accompanied us, both beasts aware of the job they had to do. While Matthew stripped off Jack's blood-soaked shirt, I rummaged in our bedroom closet for something he can wear instead. Jack was easily six feet tall, but he had a much rangier 
Ranger? Yeah, Ranger frame. Then Matthew. I found an oversized Yale men's crew team shirt. What were you doing, Diana? Okay. Now, <laughs> who were yeah. you doing, Diana? Who, who were you that? doing? Anyway, <laughs> that I sometimes slept in, hoping it would do. Matthew slipped Jack's seemingly boneless arms into it and pulled it over his lolling head. Yeah, moments like these, it's a good thing that Matthew is like way old fashioned and wouldn't have realized. <laughs> You don't think it would have clicked with him? They're like, who yeah, the fuck I, I shirt is this, yeah. Diana? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would have clicked with him quite like that. Because <laughs> how often do us women go in there and buy men's size t-shirts? No, normally they're well, leftover. Especially if it was a, cr- uh, a men's crew team shirt. Is like, right. I, was that one of the people they'd, you know, yeah, work that was out one of those, those ath- athletic uh, endeavors? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, we drifted. (laughs) Anyways, we know it's not Chris because Chris didn't crew. That's right. Thank God. Carry on, Valerie. Carry on. (laughs) I know. We were getting awfully close to the edge there, but we we saved it. Okay. (laughs) Together, we settled him on the bed, neither of us speaking unless it was absolutely necessary. I drew the sheet up around Jack's shoulders while Lobero watched my every move from the floor. Cora perched on the lamp, attentive and unblinking, her weight bending the shape to an alarming degree. I touched Jack's sandy hair and the dark mark on his neck, then pressed my hand over his heart. Even though he was asleep, I could feel the parts of him warring for control, mind, body, soul. Though Hubbard had ensured that Jack would only be 21 forever, he had a weariness that made him seem like a man three times that age. Jack had been through so much, too much, thanks to Benjamin. I wanted that madman obliterated from the face of the earth. The fingers on my left hand splayed wide, my wrists stinging where the knot circled my pulse. Uh Uh-oh. That's all higher magic on the left hand. Mm-hmm. Magic was nothing more than desire made real, and the power in my veins responded to my unspoken wishes for revenge. Jack was our responsibility, and we weren't there for him. My voice was low and fierce. And Annie. So they knew they were wrong. Right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she's kind of pissed off that it's dropped in her lap that she was wrong. Yeah. Now she's mad at herself and everybody else. We're here for Jack now. Matthew's eyes held the same sorrow and anger that I knew were in my own. There's nothing we can do for Annie except for pray that her soul found rest. I nodded, controlling my emotions with difficulty. Um, Can I raise my hand right here? Mm-hmm. Sure. Matthew warned her away from getting involved with him when this all started. With Jack? Yeah. Yes. And he, he told her this was going to, well, not necessarily the vampirism and whatnot, but he's like, this is not going to end this well. This is why we don't we get to go back. these yeah. people. Yeah. And he had started new lives many, many times. So he just thought, I'm ending this chapter, yeah. closing this door and opening the next one. We're moving on. Not realizing right. what would happen after. Yeah. So then Matthew says, take a shower, Malion. Hubbard's touch, Jack's blood. Matthew couldn't abide it when my skin carried the scent of another creature. I'll stay with him while you do. Then you and I will go downstairs and talk to my grandson. I have to say, just... Sorry. (laughs) Jack's like the ultimate anomaly. Yeah, he is. He is. His final words were slow and deliberate, as though he was getting his tongue used to them. I squeezed his hand, kissed Jack lightly on the forehead, and reluctantly headed into the bathroom in a futile attempt to wash myself clean of the evening's events. So there we go. Dot, dot, dot. New time and place. Oh, I remember this. This conversation was part of the reason I also started to like Andrew more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She's just kind of like, yeah, no, I didn't look at that. (laughs) 
30 minutes later, we found Galaglass and Hubbard sitting opposite each other at the simple pine dining table. They glared. They stared. They growled. I was glad Jack wasn't awake to witness it. Matthew dropped my hand and walked the few steps into the kitchen. He pulled out a bottle of sparkling water for me and three bottles of wine. After distributing them, he went back for a corkscrew and four glasses. You may be my cousin, but I still don't like you, Hubbard. Galaglass's growl subsided into an inhuman sound that was far more disturbing. Did Galaglass know they were cousins? Oh, before now? Yeah. I don't think so. No? I don't think so, because remember his reaction when he thought he accused Hubbard of being a pedophile? Oh, right, right, right. right, right. Okay. A couple chapters ago. You're right. So Hubbard says, it's mutual. Hubbard hoisted his black briefcase onto the table and left it within easy reach. Matthew worked the corkscrew into his bottle, watching his nephew and Hubbard jockey for position without comment. He poured himself a glass of wine and drank it down in two gulps. You're not fit to be a parent, Galaglass said, his eyes narrowing. And Hubbard's like, who is? And he's right. <laughs> he's totally right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not an argument. That's just a statement of fact. Yeah. Seriously. Matthew's like, enough. He didn't raise his voice, but there was a timber in it that lifted the hairs on my neck and instantly silenced Galglass and Hubbard. Has the blood rage always affected Jack this way, Andrew, or has it worsened since he met Benjamin? Hubbard sat back in his chair with a sardonic smile. That's where you want to start, is it? <laughs> then how about you start by explaining why you made Jack a vampire when you knew it could give him blood rage? My anger had burned straight through any courtesy I might once had extended to him. Okay. Um, that was Diana, by the way. I gave him a choice, Diana, Hubbard retorted, not to mention a chance. Jack was dying of plague, I cried. He wasn't capable of making a clear decision. You were the grown-up. Jack was a child. No, he wasn't. Jack was 21. Jack was full-on 20 years. A man, not a boy, you left with Lord Northumberland. And he had been through hell waiting in vain for your return, Hubbard said. Afraid we might wake Jack, I lowered my voice. I left you with plenty of money to keep both Jack and Annie out of harm way. Neither of them should have wanted for anything. You think a warm bed and food in his belly can mend Jack's broken heart? Hubbard's otherworldly eyes were cold. He looked for you every day for 12 years. That's 12 years of going to the docks to meet the ships from Europe in the hopes that you would be aboard. 12 years interviewing every foreigner he could find in London to inquire if you had been seen in Amsterdam or Lubeck or Prague. And 12 years walking up to anyone he suspected of being a witch to show that person a picture he'd drawn of the famous sorceress Diana Royden. It's a miracle the plague took his life and not the queen justices. Okay, right I there. Blanched. That was my Hubbard meter. It was like, boop, 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 yeah. boop. <laughs> I yeah. love you. I love you. <laughs> I blanched, and this is Diana like, oh. <laughs> yeah, see, when he, Damn. When he kind of shut up her nonsense, that scored huge points for me. He just dropped the mic on her. He just, what? Yeah. yeah. You had a choice, too. Hubbard reminded me. So if you want to cast blame for Jack's becoming a vampire, blame yourself or blame Matthew. He was your responsibility. You made him mine. I mean, that's a truth yeah. bomb right there. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Diana's still trying to like dig herself out. That wasn't our bargain and you know it. And then oh, it's, she happened to dig herself into a deeper hole by saying yeah. that because the words slipped out of my mouth before I could stop them. I froze a look of horror on my face like, oh, this was another secret I kept from Matthew, the one that I thought was safely behind me. Galglass's breath hissed in surprise. 
Matthew's icy glaze splintered against my skin. And then the room fell utterly silent. Oh, <laughs> oh she's gonna have to like yeah, explain this, herself, Lucy. This is like rap battle shit. This is <laughs> mm-hmm. explain yourself. Explain yourself. Oh, I can just hear him now. <laughs> I need to speak to my wife and grandson alone, Matthew said. The emphasis he placed on my wife and my grandson was subtle, but unmistakable. Galglass stood, his face set in lines of disapproval. I'll be upstairs with Jack. Matthew shook his head. Go home and wait for Miriam. I'll call when Andrew and Jack are ready to join you. Jack will stay here, I said, my voice rising, with us where he belonged. The forbidding look Matthew directed my way silenced me immediately. Even though the 21st century was no place for a Renaissance prince, and a year ago I would have protested his high-handedness, now I knew that my husband was hanging on to his control by a very slender thread. So the only reason she's listening to him is to humor him, which is bullshit to placate him and to come yeah but the simple fact of the matter is this a 21 year old vampire does not need to be living in a house with a mated mixed creature couple period she can't go back to treating him like he's five or eight or however old he was and that's what she wants to do yeah she has not adjusted herself that quickly, so she'll get nope. there, I'm sure. I'm not staying under the same roof as a declaremont, especially not him, Hubbard said, <laughs> pointing in Galaglass's direction. Oh, God. You forget, Andrew, Matthew said. You are a declaremont. So is Jack. I was never a declaremont, Hubbard said viciously. Once you drank Benjamin's blood, you were never anything else. Matthew's, <laughs> Matthew's <laughs> voice was clipped. Right there. In this family, you do what I say. Family, Hubbard scoffed. You are part of Philippe's pack, and now you answer to Baldwin. You don't have a family of your own. (laughs) And Matthew's like, apparently I do. Matthew's mouth twisted with regret. Time to go, Galaglass. Very well, Matthew. I'll let you send me off this time, but I'll not go far. And if my instincts tell me there's trouble, I'm coming back. And to hell with vampire custom and law. Galaglass got up and kissed me on the cheek. Holler if you need me, Auntie. Matthew waited until the front door closed before he turned on Hubbard. Exactly what deal did you strike with my mate, he demanded. And then here's Diana trying to fix it. It's my fault, Matthew. I'm sorry. I went to Hubbard. I began wanting to confess and get it over with. The table reverberated under the force of Matthew's blow. Answer me, Andrew. I agreed to protect anyone who belonged to her, even you, Hubbard said shortly. In this respect, he was a declaremont to the bone, volunteering nothing, only giving away what he must. And in exchange, Matthew asked sharply, you wouldn't make such a vow without getting something equally precious in return. Your mate gave me one drop of her blood. One single drop, Hubbard said, his tone resentful. I tricked him, abiding to the letter of his request rather than his spirit. Apparently, Andrew Hubbard held grudges. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know then I was your grandfather? Matthew asked. I couldn't imagine why this was important. Yes, Andrew said, looking slightly green. Matthew hauled him across the table so that they were nose to nose. And what did you learn from that one drop of blood? Her true name, Diana Bishop. Nothing more, I swear. Seeing the TV show was a little bit different. He found out a whole lot. But anyway, let me go yeah. on. <laughs> the witch used her magic to make sure of it. On Hubbard's tongue, the word witch sounded filthy and obscene. Never take advantage of my wife's protective instincts again, Andrew. If you do, I'll have your head. Matthew's grip tightened. Given your prurience, there isn't a vampire alive who would fault me for doing so. 
I don't care what the two of you get up to behind closed doors, though others will, since your maid is obviously pregnant and there isn't a hint of another man's scent on her. <laughs> Hubbard purses his lips in disapproval. He's like, hmm, what then? Anyway, at last I understood Matthew's earlier question. By knowingly taking my blood and seeking out my thoughts and memories, Andrew Hubbard had done the vampire equivalent of watching his grandparents have sex. Ooh. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> Didn't think of that. <laughs> I yeah. know. That was not part of my process, <laughs> yeah. but okay. Yeah. And I would imagine if you're a vampire and you're looking for the porn view, you can hone in on that, but I'm pretty sure you can ignore it though, right? The way they were described how they yeah. take in information through blood. So had I not found a way to slow its flow, so he only got a drop and he, the drop he asked for and nothing more, Hubbard would have seen into our private lives and might have learned Matthew's secrets as well as my own. My eyes closed tight against the realization of the damage that could have resulted. So you weren't thinking, Diana. Now you're thinking, though, right? Mm. A distracting murmur came from Andrew's briefcase. It reminded me of the noise I sometimes heard during a lecture when a student's phone went off unexpectedly. <laughs> you left your phone on speaker, I said, my attention drawn to the low chatter. Someone's leaving a message. Matthew and Andrew both frowned. I don't hear anything, Matthew said. And I don't own a mobile phone, Hubbard added. Where's it coming from then, I asked, looking around. Did someone turn on the radio? The only thing in my briefcase is this. Hubbard released its two brass clasps and withdrew something. The chattering grew louder as a jolt of power entered my body. Every sense I had was heightened, and the threads that bound the world chimed in sudden agitation, coiling and twisting in the space between me and the sheet of vellum that Andrew Hubbard held in his fingers. My blood responded to the faint vestiges of magic that clung to this solitary page from the Book of Life. My wrists burned as a faint, familiar scent of must and age filled the room. You know what? This is like foreshadowing of what happened at the end of this book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as reassembling itself. Mm -hmm. Hubbard turned the page so it faced me, but I already knew what I would see there. Two alchemical dragons locked together, the blood from their wounds falling into a basin from which naked pale figures rose. It depicted the stage of the alchemical process after mm. the chemical marriage of the moon queen and the sun king, Conceptio, when a new powerful substance sprang forth from the union of opposites. Male, female, light and dark, sun and moon. Andrew After and Philippe. <laughs> the two dragons yeah. fighting make me think of Andrew and Philippe. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't know. Gal Glass and Chris, Greco Wrestling. I <laughs> <laughs> see. I didn't go there this time. <laughs> I did. I was trying to be dignified. <laughs> trying. After spending weeks in the Beinecke looking for Ashmole 782's missing pages, I'd unexpectedly encountered one of them in my own dining room. Edward Kelly sent it to me in the autumn after you left. He told me not to let it out of my sight. Hubbard slid the page towards me. We had only caught a glimpse of this illumination in uh, Rudolph's palace. Later, Matthew and I had speculated that what we thought were two dragons might actually be a fire drake and an Ouroboros. One of the alchemical dragons was indeed a fire drake with two legs and wings, and the other was a snake with its tail in its mouth. The Ouroboros at my wrists writhed in recognition, its color shining with possibility. The image was mesmerizing, and now that I had time to study it properly, small things struck me. The dragon's rat expressions as they gazed into each other's eyes. The look of wonder on the progeny's faces as they emerged from the basin 
where they had been born. The striking balance between two such powerful creatures. Jack made sure Edward's picture was safe no matter what. Plague, fire, war, the boy never let anything touch it. He claimed it belonged to you, Mistress Royden, Hubbard said, interrupting my reveries. To me? I touched the corner of the vellum, and one of the twins gave a strong kick. No, it belongs to all of us. And yet you have some kind of special connection to it. You're the only one who has ever heard it speak, Andrew said. Long ago, a witch in my care said he thought it came from the witch's first spell book, but an old vampire passing through London said it was a page from the Book of Life. I pray to God that neither tale is true. All right. Now, I really need to know who those two unnamed individuals are. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, an old vampire passing through London. That Hubbard doesn't know. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Something to think on. You would think, I mean, he would know. I mean, especially a witch in his care, too. Yeah. yeah he knows who the witch in his care is. And it would have been after they left. Gosh. Oh, could one of the bishops have been in his care before they left for America? Well, there was the Rebecca yeah. girl and her mom. I'm wondering if it's because our Rebecca had to get all of her talents. I'm sure her talents came down through various members of the family, too. So Rebecca and her mom, they were part of Hubbard's coven, right? Unless they were part of that fucking janky little explanation that Matthew swore up and down that, you know, where they live wasn't part of London. Could be either one. But yeah. It'd have to be somebody that had some sort of tie to the book, unless it was another witch that had a weaver who was part of the book. I don't know. There was some continuity there. (laughs) There's... I'm just saying there's more than a kernel of a backstory idea in that phrase. Yeah. True. Sorry, that was a shiny object that distracted me. Go on. Our Jean loves her shiny objects. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's why we flow with her. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know about the Book of Life? Matthew's voice was a peal of thunder. I know that Benjamin wants it, Hubbard said. He told Jack as much. But that wasn't the first time my sire mentioned the book. Benjamin looked for it in Oxford long ago before he made me a vampire. That meant Benjamin had been looking for the Book of Life since before the middle of the 14th century, far longer than Matthew had been interested in it. My sire thought he might find it in the library of an Oxford sorcerer. Benjamin took the witch a gift in exchange for the book, a brass head that supposedly spoke oracles. Roger Mm. Bacon. Hubbard's face filled with sadness. It's always such a pity to see a wise man taken in by superstition. Do not turn to idols or make yourselves any god cast of metal, saith the Lord. Hmm. Gerbert of Auriac had reputedly owned just such a miraculous device. I had thought Peter Knox was the member of the congregation who was most interested in Eshmal 782. Was it possible that Gerbert had been in league with Benjamin all these years? And it was he who sought out Peter Knox's help. So I'm thinking you're right, Diana, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The witch in Oxford took the brass head but wouldn't relinquish the book, Hubbard continued. Decades later, my sire still cursed him for his duplicity. I never discovered the witch's name. I believe it was Roger Bacon. Yes, it was. An alchemist and philosopher as well as a witch, Matthew looked at me. Bacon once owned the Book of Life and had called it the true secret of secrets. 
Alchemy is one of the witch's many vanities, Hubbard said with disdain. His expression turned anxious. My children tell me Benjamin has been back in England. He has. Benjamin has been watching my lab in Oxford. Matthew made no mention of the fact that the Book of Life was currently a few blocks away from that very laboratory. Hubbard might be his grandson, but that didn't mean Matthew trusted him. Eh, I mean, fair. If Benjamin's in England, how will he keep him away from Jack? I asked Matthew urgently. Jack will return to London. My sire's no more welcome there than you are, Matthew. Hubbard stood. So long as he's with me, Jack will be safe. No one is safe from Benjamin. Jack is not going back to London. The note of command was back in Matthew's voice. Nor are you, Andrew. Not yet. We've done very well without your interference, Hubbard retorted. It's a bit late for you to decide you wanted to lord over your children like some ancient Roman father. The paterfamilias, a fascinating tradition. Matthew settled back in his chair, his wine glass cupped in his hand. He looked no longer like a prince, but a king. Imagine giving one man the power of life and death over his wife, his children, his servants, anyone he adopted into his family, and even his close relatives who lacked a strong father of their own. It reminds me a bit of what you tried to accomplish in London. Well... He did, though, Matthew. (laughs) Stop being mean. (laughs) Matthew sipped his wine. Hubbard looked more uncomfortable with each passing moment. My children obey me willingly, Hubbard said. They honor me as godly children should. Such an idealist, Matthew said, softly mocking. You know who came up with the paterfamilias, of course. The Romans, as I said, Hubbard replied sharply. I am educated, Matthew, in spite of your doubts on this score. No, it was Philippe, Matthew's eyes (laughs) gleamed with amusement. Philippe thought Roman society could benefit from a healthy dose of vampire family discipline and a reminder of the father's importance. Philippe de Claremont was guilty of the sin of pride. God is the only true father. You are Christian, Matthew. Surely you agree. Hubbard's expression held the fervency of a true believer. Perhaps, Matthew said, as though he were seriously considering his grandson's argument. But until God calls us to him, I will have to suffice. Like it or not, Andrew, in the eyes of other vampires, I am your paterfamilias, the head of your clan, your alpha, call it what you like, and all your children, including Jack and all the other strays you've adopted, They demon, vampire, witch are mine under vampire law. Oh, shit. Here we go. No. Hubbard shook his head. I never wanted any part of the DeClaremont family. What you want doesn't matter. Not anymore. Matthew put down his wine and took my hand in his. To command my loyalty, you will have to recognize my sire, Benjamin, as your son. And you will never do that, Hubbard said savagely. As the head of the DeClaremonts, Baldwin takes the family's honor and position. Seriously, he won't permit you to branch out on your own, given the scourge in your blood. Damn, he knew about that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Before Matthew can respond to Andrew's challenge, Cora uttered a warning squat. Oh, I'm sorry, Jean. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Andrew's a lot smarter than Matthew's willing to give him credit for. Because he knows how this all works. And he also knows how Baldwin's going to approach it. He did see it coming. He's like, look, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Where you been? <laughs> Studying poetry and brooding. That's away. what I was thinking when he was saying, oh, what an idealist. I'm like, weren't you the one who was reading too much poetry yeah. in the 12th century? I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before Matthew could respond to Andrew's challenge, Cora uttered a warning squawk. Realizing that Jack must have awoken, I rose from my seat to go to him. Unfamiliar rooms had terrified him as a child. 
Stay here, Matthew said, his grip on my hand tightening. He needs me, I protested. Jack needs a strong hand and consistent boundaries, Matthew said softly. He knows you love him, but he can't handle such strong feelings at the moment. I trust him. My voice quavered with anger and hurt. I don't, Matthew said sharply. It's not just the anger that sets off the blood rage in him. Love and loyalty do, too. Don't ask me to ignore him. I wanted Matthew to stop acting the role of paterfamilias long enough to behave like a true father. I'm sorry, Diana. A shadow settled in Matthew's eyes, one that I thought was gone forever. I have to put Jack's need first. What needs? Jack stood in the door. He yawned, tufts of hair, standing up in apparent alarm. Lobera pushed past his master and went straight to Matthew, looking for acknowledgement of a job well done. You need to hunt. The moon is right, alas, but not even I can control the heavens. Matthew's lie flowed from his tongue like honey. He ruffled Lobero's ears. We're all going. You, me, your father, even Galglass. Lobero can come too. <laughs> Jack's nose wrinkled. Not hungry. Don't feed then. But you're hunting nevertheless. Be ready at midnight. I'll pick you up. Pick me up, Jack looked from me to Hubbard. I thought we, we would stay here. You'll be just around the corner with Galaglass and Miriam. Andrew will be there with you, Matthew assured him. This house isn't large enough for a witch and three vampires. We're nocturnal creatures, and Diana and the babies need to get their sleep. Jack looked at my belly wistfully. I have always wanted a baby brother. You may well get two sisters instead, Matthew said, chuckling. My hand lowered automatically over my belly as one of the twins gave another strong kick. They have been unusually active ever since Jack showed up. Are they moving? Jack asked me, his face eager. Can I touch them? I looked at Matthew. Jack's glance slid in the same direction. Let me show you how. Matthew's tone was easy, though his eyes were sharp. He took Jack's hand and pressed it into the side of my belly. I don't feel anything, Jack said, frowning with concentration. A particularly strong kick followed by a sharp elbow thudded against the wall of my uterus. Whoa, Jack's face was inches from mine, his eyes full of wonder. Do they kick like that all day? Diana says, feels like it. I wanted to smooth down the mess of Jack's hair. I wanted to take him into my arms and promise him that no one was ever going to hurt him again. But I could offer him neither of these comforts. Sensing the maternal turn my mood has taken, Matthew lifted Jack's hand away. Jack's face fell, experiencing it as rejection. Furious with Matthew, I reached back to jerk Jack's hand back. But before I could, Matthew put his hand at my waist and pulled me against his side. It was an unmistakable gesture of possession. Jack's eyes went black. Oh, that was quick. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is just volatile. Very. Um, Hubbard pitched forward to intervene and Matthew froze him in his place with a look. In the space of five heartbeats, Jack's eyes re returned to normal. When they were brown and green once more, Matthew gave him an approving smile. Your instinct to protect Diana is entirely appropriate, Matthew told him. Believing you have to shield her from me is not. I'm sorry, Matthew, Jack whispered. It won't happen again. I accept your apology. Sadly, it will happen again. Learning to control your illness isn't going to be easy or quick. Matthew's tone turned brisk. Kiss Diana goodnight, Jack, and get settled at Galglass's house. It's a former church around the corner. You'll feel right at home. Hear that, Father H? Jack grinned. Wonder if it has bats in the belfry like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Hubbard's like, I no longer have a bat problem, Hubbard said sourly. <laughs> Father H still lives in the church in the city, Jack explains, suddenly animated. It's not the same one you visited, that old heap burned down. Most of this one did too, come to think of it. I laughed. 
Jack had always loved telling stories and had a talent for it, too. Now, just a tower remains. Father H. did it up so nicely, you can hardly notice it's a pile of rubbish. Jack grinned at Hubbard and gave me a perfunctionary kiss on the cheek, his mood swinging from blood rage to happy. In a remarkably short period of time, he sped down the stairs. Come on, libero. Let's go wrestle with Galaglass. Midnight, Matthew called after him. Be ready and be nice to Miriam. Jack, if you don't, she'll make you wish you'd never been reborn. <laughs> don't worry. I'm used to dealing with difficult females, Jack replied. Lobero barked with excitement and orbited Jack's legs to encourage him outside. Keep the picture, Mr. Schroyden. If both Matthew and Benjamin covet it, then I wish to be as far away from it as possible, Andrew said. How generous, Andrew. Matthew's hand shot out and closed <laughs> around Hubbard's throat. Stay in New Haven until I give you leave to go. Their eyes clashed. Slate and gray-green. Andrew was the first to look away. Come on, Father H. Jack bellowed, I want to see Galglass's church and Lobera needs a walk. Midnight, Andrew. Matthew's words were perfectly cordial, but there was a warning in them. The door closed and the sound of Lobero's barking faded. When it had faded completely, I turned on Matthew. How could you? The sight of Matthew, his head buried in his hands, brought me to an abrupt stop. My anger, which had been blazing, slowly fizzled. He looked up, his face ravaged with guilt and sorrow. Jack, Benjamin, Matthew shuddered. God help me. What have I done? And that's the end. See, what there were I no done? paintings. I, was, I, got, I got <laughs> Newsflash, there was no drawings. And the God help me, what have I done? That I mistakenly saw was Matthew, not Jack. <laughs> so it was a good story. Surprise for me, too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Okay, so any thoughts on (laughs) chapter 19? That fight went on a lot longer than it had in my memory because I thought we got to the drawing part of it too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was a nice, interesting conversation we had there with Hubbard. And, you know, I saw both sides. Hubbard, you know, he always had a piece of my heart and he, (sighs) Matthew was always a pain in the ass to him and vice versa. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, (laughs) But but Matthew's being less hot messy when it comes to his position of authority in the family i have to say that he's most hot messy when he's dealing with diana yes they bring out each other's messiness i think Mm -hmm. you know the thing about matthew is matthew is a reluctant leader he's a good one when he puts himself in that position yeah he does not like doing it no doesn't and so when he finds out hubbard and his whole flock of children all belong to him he's like ah fuck i gotta put this hat on but when he does that it centers him. He's like yes. a whole different being. He actually did a what would Philippe do moment. I mean, he, he yeah. said everything but you're puny to Jack. <laughs> you know? yes. He did that whole whole meeting at Setour. Leadership looks good on Matthew. It really does. Mm-hmm. He handles it differently than, let's say, Baldwin. The, he just I mean, needs to get more comfortable with it. He's not comfortable with it. Honestly, if it weren't for Diana, he'd be fine under Baldwin. Yeah. Seriously, he'd be okay. So. I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and we see more of that later on in Times Convert when he's managing the relationship between the Scion and Baldwin a lot better than Diana is. True. And Isabeau has to come in and help her, even though Isabeau, in her terms of being under Philippe, made her own rules. Right. <laughs> exactly. And she said she's going to show Diana how to, you know, make her own rules within that Which, clan. It's that's a whole learning thing. That's kind of a disturbing concept, too. I know. <laughs> 
but we get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, enjoyable chapter, considering. Yes, pretty yes. good. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I'm kind of glad we didn't prepare for it. So that was a surprise at the end. I'm like, oh, no drawings, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, wrong that when they, they they thought they heard the cell phone, I'm like, oh, here comes the music that he's drawing to. Oh. <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had a mini Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, we did. Was there a drawing really? Because I, okay. <laughs> well, we, we got a drawing. He didn't make drawings. So I guess yeah. I mean, that's my new story. And I'm yes. sticking to there. <laughs> Good. I like it. So audience, if you thought we were gaslighting you at the beginning of this chapter, we're sorry. <laughs> we gaslit ourselves. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, going once, going twice, anything? No. So let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. Housekeeping this time is brought to us by Linda Zip. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda Zip. Okay, who's going first? I'll go. I have a, a review through Apple Podcasts from AEF for now from the United States. Oh, yay. Five stars. Fantastic and fun podcast. I stumbled upon this podcast last summer mid-pandemic. A fan of the All Souls trilogy, I had popped into a few different All Souls podcasts, but liked this one the best. You can tell the three moderators love the book series, and I've appreciated the feedback on the TV series as well. Plus, these women know how to have fun. It's such a delight to listen to their laughter, and their genuine friendship comes across in their discussion. If you love the books or the TV show, I highly recommend you check out this podcast. You'll feel like you've added three new best friends to your social circle. Well, thank you so much. I love that. Yay. Yeah, she got us. She got yeah. us. She figured it out. I don't know. I don't I don't think we tried to be funny. I think it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We just say what we say, but we enjoy each other's company and conversation. That yes. it just, yeah. <laughs> our reactions. Yeah. We understand each other's version of crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's like we've known each other forever by now. So I know mm-hmm. when Angela says something, it's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> start cracking up. Or Gene, I'm like, oh, I know where we're going with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Angela, yes. what do you have? I too have a five star review. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my gosh. Double our pleasure here. Well, this one's from Pod Chaser, and the reviewer is Anna Josephine Palm. Thank you, oh, Anna. Thank you. Anna says, if you're looking for a bookish podcast that's fun, informative, and easygoing, this is the one for you. These demon ladies are so smart and so hilarious. I sometimes re-listen to episodes just to boost my mood. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can tell that they do their research. Not today, of course. I know. <laughs> Today's one of those off days. And Sorry. They, they do a wonderful job at picking these books apart. Also, I love the sound effects so much. They had me at the first ditch dive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Val. Yeah. Ditch drive for you. This one's for you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. So I have a snail mail. Yay. Oh. And I was supposed to read this last episode, but I didn't. And it was a package. Ooh. And this comes from Silky. Silky. I want to say it's Silky. S-I-L-K-E. Yeah, yeah sounds like Silky. it. Yeah, Silky. I think Silky. so. Okay. She says, Dear Demons, I am new to the All Souls fandom, and I only came across Discovery Witches TV series when advertising for the second season started. Ooh. 
Supporting a creator on Patreon is usually the heights of my involvement in any fandom. But after a year of COVID, I was in a difficult place. Eventually, I got thoroughly sucked into Diana and Matthew's story. Looking for a way to engage, I joined your podcast. Although I don't always agree, probably because I don't know the books, <laughs> and we'll keep it that way until season three has aired. Okay. Okay. I thoroughly enjoy your analysis and love of the episodes and listening to your excavates on the after show. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As a thank you for brightening my days, I have included a small greetings from my hometown. All the best, Silky. Okay. Oh, so thank you. She sent. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. I want to describe this wrapping paper. It's adorable. They're like little unicorn whales. Narwhals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Narwhals. Yay. They're so cute. Okay. And I am opening the one. With my name on it, you you two will get your package when I finally get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> that package is going to weigh 100 pounds when you finally get your I shit know, together. I know. I might have to send it in parts. Jesus. <laughs> drop ship it. You're going to have to drop ship it on a less than truckload <laughs> cross country truck. There's a container ship on the, <laughs> on the way. <laughs> on the coast park. Park right yeah. outside of my house right now. Okay. C -van. You'll there just fill up a sea van and send it our way. <laughs> Okay, so I've gotten the ribbon off. Okay, just for you some didn't AMSR. It, so no more babies for you. That's right. Some <laughs> AMSR happening here. Slowly, slowly, I am opening the package. <laughs> the rustling paper sound effect isn't really a sound effect. It's just the sound. Oh, this is cute. Oh, 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 what? It's like a Starbucks cup. <gasps> it is a Starbucks cup. <gasps> you are here, collection. Oh, no. Oh. Yay. This is like the Yay! ultimate surprise instead of a surprise. Yay! I know. Okay. Okay. Let's see. From her hometown, she said? Berlin. <gasps> Get out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to take a... Oh, my God. And the inside's gray. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. cool. I'm going to take a picture of this. Silky from Berlin. Thank oh you my gosh, so thank much. Thank you. Make sure you email her a picture back. I will. Yes. That's so exciting. Oh, my gosh. I'll take two shots. I'm going to send it to you in Messenger so you two can react, too. That is awesome. Oh, I remember fun. we went, like, Jean and I, for this particular collection, waited in line at the Starbucks in Seattle. Yes, as you should. For the Pikes <laughs> Place one for, for Angela. We had so much oh. fun standing in line with all the Japanese tourists. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Okay. So here we go. Yes, my unfortunately the one I got, which was the original original mermaid with nipples, broke. <laughs> my travel cup. I'm still like traumatized by that and upset <laughs> and pouty. Okay. So here's the picture, guys. Yeah, that's from the same series that we bought from Pike's Place. Oh, that how fun. is awesome. That's like oh, our Oxford. It's, it's the so same cool. one as our Oxford series. Is it? Yeah. Oh, look at that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I love it's it. It's so much fun. Oh, Thank so you. I should have known, by the way, I buy so many of these and send them over to Angela. <laughs> you should have known. I should have known. The feel. <laughs> yeah. The weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you. That's awesome. Awesome. It's like our favorite thing. Apparently, people are getting to know it. I guess it's from the after I show. I love it. The little German flag <laughs> on it and everything. Ah, see? Look at that. I That's know. awesome. You're going to have to make more room, Angela. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy with that. But anyway, 
That's what she got for us. So my, one of some of my favorite. I mean, they're all like, of course, I hate to say they're like children, but I love the Pikes one. I loved our Oxford one. I love this Berlin one, and I love the Alamo one. Jean got me. Oh, see, it's that, that that's from my litigation glamour. <laughs> it is traveling days, and all of those are from being in this fandom. Look at that. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So there we go. Thank you, Silky. That means a lot to us. Thank you mm-hmm. a lot. That's wonderful. <sighs> anyway, let's go on to save it for the show. All right. Because I'm going to start crying or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this episode, save it for the show, is brought to us by Lynn Serrano. Thank you, Thank Lynn. You, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. So the title is, What is a soft place to land for you? And to timestamp us, we are recording on 9 11. Mm-hmm. And Jean wanted to do this. And she kind of explained it to me and Angela. And we were like, All right, girl, it's yours. We'll just follow. So go ahead. Well, it seemed. Seemed appropriate to talk about this for two reasons. One, that they, they were all together making this recording. And two, the chapter that we just finished up with Jack coming back into Matthew and Diana's life and them seemingly having a little bit different ideas, at least in the parenting realm, about what Jack's soft place to land should look like. Right. And I just thought it might be fun, a little bit fun to talk about because I think it's a term that we use in the fandom an awful lot. And people just throw it out. Oh, yeah, it's our soft place to land. But what does that really look like? Hmm. And what is that soft place that you need? I I think it's something that we all need to talk about a little bit more because it's one thing to say that it's a soft place. But in order to really make it a soft place where people can grow and feel nurtured and comforted is another thing entirely. What's your soft place, Valerie? You guys, you guys are my soft place. The dogs sometimes when they're not biting each other's face (laughs) off. Um, my kids when they do good things I can wallow in that a while you know when Mm -hmm. they have some sort of success or triumph over something that was challenging to them Mm -hmm. prior I like that work when it's relatively quiet which it hasn't been is a soft place to land for me it hasn't been quiet for the past three months anyway yeah any place where I listen to gangster rap when the fucking news is horrible I can turn off the news. And now I'm not one to shy away from the news. I'm one of those people that has to know what's going on. So I read mm-hmm. my papers, but I don't watch TV shows that tell me what my opinion should be. I hate those. Yeah. Those are my soft places. Oh, and popcorn and hot Cheetos mixed together. Those are good too. Soft place to land. Angela, what's yours? Yeah, when you say it like that, I'm starting backwards. But yeah, definitely a hot latte in the morning is a soft place to land, a way to start my day. So when you say hot popcorn or hot Cheetos and popcorn, I can relate to that and the comfort. It's the ritual. Yeah. It's the M&Ms. comfort. Yes. M&Ms. So that'd be good too. Yeah. Mine kind of mirror yours though, Valerie. Work definitely can be a soft place to land. I enjoy my my team and just they, they're almost like the business version of us because especially one of the bosses when I talk it's not it's it's when I talk it's listened to it's not always searching for a how can I help you how can I solve it let me listen to you first and see what you need and b- both mm-hmm. both places you and work this woman are the same it's non-judgmental it's hearing me out um and it's relating you guys relate to me too mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah. it's all of the above so definitely um sometimes you know when <laughs> you think you could you can do the same thing with your other half or your husband or whoever 
whatever, but sometimes it goes differently, you know, why are you crying yeah. or why aren't you crying or why, you know, why are you reacting this way? Yes. Or, Please stop that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Where this is definitely a soft place to land where it's, we hear each other out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and no judgment. And then usually we get to make jokes too. <laughs> yeah. After True. that. So there's always um, a place for gallows humor here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So definitely. Which I appreciate a lot. But, yes. but there was times even, you know, 20 years ago when I had a health issue that I overcame, but they're like, are you sure you don't want to take some time off from work? I'm like, actually, and I didn't have kids at the time, but I'm like, actually, I just want to dive back into work because that'll really help me. So yeah, it'll make me feel better. Make me feel like I'm in a, my routines and my. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Jean, what are yours? Mine? Well, like you guys, uh, I won't say work so much only because work is like inherently full of conflict and uh-huh. it's a place where I have to be hard and deal with jerks most of the time. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> in my own office, but on cases and, and things like that. But you guys are definitely my soft place to land because unlike some folks who want a place to get away from the world and kind of hide out and not deal with things, this is a place where I can deal with things and be messy. And like you said, you guys hear me out and we work our way through things and Mm-hmm. Find ways forward. Right. That's a good point. That's really a good point, though. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like no. dealing with the messiness where we're not h- actually hiding from the messiness, but let me deal with this messiness with my people because mm-hmm. they yeah. will help me work through it because there's no way around the messiness, but you have to get yeah. through it. Right. Yeah. And you guys are the people that help me get through it. So I'm sorry, Jean. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that to me, that's what a soft place is. It's not a hiding place. It's a place to. It's a war room. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's the the tree house, the clubhouse. Yeah, it's the clubhouse. It's the tree house. It's a place to be yourself. For me, the soft place to land is a place that's going to welcome my frustration, welcome my grief and not be like you said, sometimes with your other half, they they're like, why are you crying? Why are you not crying? And in that sense, it's like they question your you question your emotions rather than just like because they don't ah, understand it. <laughs> why, right? Why is this? Ha- I need. Why is this happening? There's like not the feeling of you need to. Yeah. Okay. Your soft place is over here, sequestered, so you don't bother everybody else with your messiness. Right. So, to me, that's not a soft place because. That's like a little jail cell. Yeah, <laughs> I need to know. I, I, I need my soft place needs to help me out of my messiness and not judge me for my messiness. Yeah. And, and just that's, you, that's how you guys are. And yeah, and our tribe and allow you to be messy. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. I think that's important. There's no stopping messy. No, just go ahead and be messy and we'll work through it and we'll get our mops out later. If and we we'll fold up, the, <laughs> fold up the laundry. It really is a place of acceptance and not just tolerance because yes. you, don't, you don't say to me, Angela, why do you have to be so harsh all the time? And I don't say, why do I have to be so sensitive or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Conversation was in place when we were both feeling super messy, but yeah, you know, yeah. that's part of being messy. That's part of being messy. And it's like, you know, we accept each other. Um, we don't, but in that same sense, we will stand don't our ground to too. When we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what acceptance is. It's not trying to change somebody or, or mold somebody's messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can be messy this way, but not that way. No. Nah. Exactly. <laughs> You're both allowed to be as messy as you want to in we, any era if you want to. We both have we both have our own stylistic signatures of messy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All three of us for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh God. <laughs> really, 
because I always think I hide my messy. No, I don't. <laughs> we see I you even do. in the dark, Valerie. I know. <laughs> I know. My messy is quiet. It, it tends to be quiet. And you when have a stealth it, messy. And then when it comes out, it's stupid. That's why it's I It's not stealthy it. anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the type of person that when I get messy, I need to step away because I know my messiness has, and my husband has told me this many a times, my messiness has the ability to blow up mountains. You're, yeah, your messiness can be nuclear sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I know this about myself, so I tend to step away. Not that I want to, but I have to because mm-hmm. I've seen the result of me not. Well, we've, you've you've stepped to us when you're stepping away from something else. and Yeah. <laughs> if you listen yeah. to the after show, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want any of it. No. <laughs> Nobody does. She's speaking the truth. Also, another soft place to land is one of my favorite podcasts, School of Podcasting. I don't need to listen to it anymore because obviously we all know how to podcast. But when I first started, I needed a step-by-step mm-hmm. guide on how to get a podcast out live and continue to improve it while it's out, even though our podcast is still messy, whatever. <laughs> I think it's part of stylistically, it's supposed to be at this point. <laughs> But I listened to him and this is the host. If you guys ever want to start a podcast, I recommend this podcast to anybody, The School of Podcasting, and it's by Dave Jackson. And the moment Mm -hmm. I hear him, the angels sing (laughs) and I feel comforted and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, all is right with the world because all he's doing is talking about podcasting and what can make you good and what makes you improve and what makes you evolve and nobody's got all the answers and the best way to start podcasting is to just do it. Who fucking cares if you fuck up your first episode? Who fucking cares? And he kept saying mm-hmm. that. And that's why we just did it. So, <laughs> yeah. He's another soft place to land if I think about it. That's it. <laughs> I'm sure so, there's plenty other places. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you guys want to write to us and tell us about what your, your soft place to land is or how it looks in your mind, God, please feel free and we'll share it on housekeeping. Please. Love yes. it. We can do another thing for the show on your soft place to land. Yes. That'd be great, though. I mean, not saying anything, just saying. If you want to mm-hmm. write in, discuss at gmail.com and let us know your soft place to land. We love it. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? All right. That was easy. That was an easy button. Who gives that out? Is yes. it Staples? Easy yes. button. Anyway, stick with us, audience. After this, we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us. Send us your thoughts. Email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836. By the way, your carrier rates apply here. Or leave one for free on SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and All that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there. Fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant 
Master Post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all Soul Universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Demons Discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive, and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive. This Berlin Cup, though. I love it. It's so exciting. Seriously, this week, I'm going to work on getting packages out to you people. <laughs> did you get the packages out for the winners? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Of, okay. I did. That happened. That oh, happened. that's right, because Samantha was happy about her extra large shirt. Yes, that happened. And then I had to send one out for another set of winners that we did. A sticker package and for uh, a pod t-shirt, we did that. Any last thoughts, guys? <laughs> We'll get to look at the drawings on the wall next week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the cello? <laughs> Bygones? Right. Yeah. The Duchess, the cello. <laughs> That's what triggered my questioning of that, though. When we were thinking of uh, titles, and I said the Duchess, and you're like, oh, no, she doesn't come to this chapter. She's the next chapter. I thought they, they explained like, the Duchess in chapter 21. After Jack came oh. out of it, that's why I was kind of, I didn't think twice about it. I'm like, well, that's chapter 21. Guess not. It's like, but Matthew had to pick up a cello and they explained the cello while he was. Okay. Oh, God. That's when I, I gave in so easily. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I can't dispute it. I didn't read it thoroughly. Right. Well, Angela and, and Angela, it's like, I didn't go either way. And Angela's like, well, yeah, because I, I looked at the end of the chapter. And yeah. like she said, you thought it was, thought it was Jack. Now, <laughs> oh, Lord. God. Anyways. Angela, do you have any last thoughts? Last thoughts. Um, I think I'm going to read Times Convert. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's bringing that up. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to, okay. I'm not saying I'm not going to do the read along or anything, but I, you know, yeah. we may be giving a copy away soon. So maybe I'll read it. Yeah. Yes. We may be. Really There's so soon. many parts of that book I just love. Mostly yeah. everything yes. involving Fanny, Freya. Yes. And even, dude, we got to get on that. That's like 10 days from now. Oh, gosh. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Giveaway. Here we go. We're making sausage again. We're going to get our giveaway together. Yeah, we were thinking about doing a Maymon. So by the time you hear this, it'll it might be going on. So I don't yes. know. Our inter our interview our um giveaway from a year ago was real time read buddy read. Remember we gave up two sets of eight out books. Yeah. So yes. I just wanted to remind you what we gave away last year because you were going to look that up. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So, but we also had a Maybon giveaway the year before. I think we gave uh Duke Humphrey's Candle. Mm, okay. Um uh The Book of Life, a signed version of the TV tie-in cover and something else. Oh, the uh, Oxford the Bodleian bookmark mm -hmm. with a thing on it. Yeah. I know what we can give out for the read-along, though. Mm. And I have it and I haven't used it, but I'm willing to give it away. It's the tote bag with the saying on it. Ah, with what, on, that, with what on it? With the uh, oath oh, for the Bodleian. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that. Because we will go back to Oxford and the Bodleian someday. Yes. yes. And, need, so, and we'll need the bag anyways. Yeah. So 
I'll buy. I'll just buy another one. That's fine. When I go next time, yeah, it's it's the yeah. whole when you you know set it free if it comes back to you. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Right now, it's just laying on my pile of tote bags, and I'm like, I haven't used this. Why are I not giving it away? And it's brand new. Well, a couple of years, but I've never used it. So yeah, uh, I think we shall give that away. So a couple of giveaways to come. So there's Mavon and the Real Time Read. Or are we just going to do just a Mavon in conjunction with the Real Time Read? Yeah. Okay, yes. let's do that. Okay, so we're going to give away two copies, you figure? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, sure. like a buddy read thing. Oh, okay. I only have one tote bag, though. But yeah, but it's a Mabon. Uh, it's not a read-along. Oh, right. Okay. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else for your last thoughts? No. No. All right. No. That brings me to my last thoughts, and it's usually a rundown of housekeeping. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. If you just happen to be listening to us here and you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and go to your podcast app and subscribe or follow this way. It gets delivered straight into your device of choice, and you don't have to go looking for us. It'll just remind you, hey, new episodes out. Hey, you might want to listen to them. Hey, they might get their shit together this time. So you don't know. I Push hope, play. I hope when, mm-hmm. when whoever is starting this episode, I hope that they realize that we were wrong and they're like, I can't wait for them to realize that, when, that they're wrong. <laughs> It's like a bonus part of the show for them. <laughs> We're often wrong, yes. by the way, yes. people. The, We're yeah. often wrong. Is, is the delivery on our realization that, Gene, oh my God, oops, we were wrong. <laughs> oh, that's nice, Doctor. You know what? It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> it is. It's Sometimes totally there's okay joy to be wrong. in being wrong. Right. So, I mean, if you want to continue with our wrongness sometimes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and subscribe to us. This way you won't be looking for us and maybe next episode will be less messy. I don't know. It's a crapshoot with us. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, Don't forget to keep leaving reviews, okay? I'm going to point you, if you happen to listen to us on Spotify or one of those other apps that don't allow you to leave a review, like Apple Podcasts. That's Most of our listeners come through Apple Podcasts, but we have Google Podcasts, there's Spotify, there's Audible. Oh, so many things. Audible. Now, I know a lot of you have Audible apps, so you can listen to your audiobooks, right? When you're commuting or you're just doing housework, or maybe you just prefer audiobooks. No shame in that. Whatever. But you know you can listen to podcasts on that. And if you search for Demons Discuss in there, our podcast will come up. You can leave a review for us in Audible. We love that. So if you don't have, if you normally listen to us on Spotify, consider going to Audible, leave your review, and then you don't have to keep listening to us on Audible. Just go back and listen to how you used to listen to us. That's fine. But the reviews help us get found. It helps people decide whether they want to push play or not. And the more, the better. I say. Yes. The more, the merrier. The more, the merrier. Okay. And we're going to do our after show. And I feel like it's going to be hopped up today because Oh, I'm yes. feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I need some hot Cheetos and popcorn. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite snacks ever. Did ever. you? You introduced it to me and we put M&M's in there, too, I thought. Yeah, M&M's. That's if you like the little sweet and spicy yeah, thing. Yes. Yummy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Hot Cheetos and popcorn. What kind of popcorn, less- though? Do you have like a go-to? Um, Any buttered popcorn that you can find in the grocery store. Okay. Like the... Like oh, baked you know, or microwave or what? 
Okay, for the bag, I like the smart food because it's got that cheddar cheese, that white cheddar cheese taste to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good. But if you just want straight up salt and butter and a little bit of hot, take some hot Cheetos, regular microwave popcorn with butter or whatever flavor you think might be good. Mm -hmm. And you just get one of those. I don't know. I'd say it's a family size bag, yeah. whatever. Take about a third of that and pour it in your popcorn to mix it together. And some of the Cheeto dust gets on the <laughs> on the popcorn. <laughs> and then you get the extra oomph when you hit the Cheeto. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's one of my favorite snacks, actually. Ooh. It's really good with beer. Here's a question. Yeah, as you're talking about the buttery popcorn, I wonder how shaky cheese would be with the buttery popcorn. I was oh thinking my God, that don't, too. <laughs> don't tell Robert that. All right, let's carry this on in the after show. This yes. plenty of conversation this is to be had. After show material, you folks have just gotten a preview. Oh my gosh! And if you guys are interested, go to patreoncom discuss once again. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.